you're listening to the Harford County Living Podcast. Thank you for coming, and please send any suggestions or comments to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. The Harford County Living Podcast is produced for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at harfordcountyliving.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. If you would like to be a guest on the Harford County Living Podcast, free of charge, please contact us at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. Now we will begin the podcast right after this. Hi, this is Rich Bennett, president of the Joppa Town Lions Club. On behalf of the Joppa Town Lions Club, I would like to thank everybody for supporting us this year, uh, whether it be at the Bull Roast, our Pet Fest, uh, even our Ugly Waitress Spaghetti Dinner, and we recently just had our Breakfast with Santa and Holiday Bazaar, and the turnout for all these events was just amazing. So again, on behalf of the Lions Club, Joppatown Lions Club, I want to thank everyone for the continued support. And please come out and see us more, and you're going to be seeing us a lot more in the community, whether it's at another color run, uh, just supplying food for people. Uh, we got the rotating shelter coming up that we're going to be cooking at. A lot of things that are in the works. So, again, thank you and happy holidays. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Harford County Living Podcast. And we got a, a full table again today. We have Kathy and Jerry Wise, who owns Streetwise, Adam Schellenberger from Joptown Christian Church, and of course, Sarah from Four Seasons Nursery and Landscape. Hello. Um, so, Sarah, we're going to go to you first. You have, again, you're getting your hands in something else again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how it happened. Does Chris actually. ever see you anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just wondering because it seems like you're joining everything. I know. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, see, the, the nighttime events, I try and make a date out of it. So, like, we're going to the Jingle Mingle on Thursday at the uh, okay. um, at Rockfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from 5 to 8 p.m., which is good for me because I like to be in bed by 9, so I can do 8 p.m. Anyway. So what do you um, got coming so, up yeah, now? So <laughs> I, I wanted to join an organization um, to get out of the community and, like, give back and do something with myself. Besides, and, and I had my eye on a couple of different uh, organizations, but this one kind of fell in my lap when I went to the um, uh, Magnificent Seven event at Richland Ballroom. I ran into somebody who works for the Harvard County Education. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so um, she was talking to me about it briefly, and basically they are an organization that gets um, school supplies and things for teachers, and they, they have them, the teachers can come and essentially shop. It doesn't cost them anything. They can right. come and take the school supplies because our classrooms are under... Fund, it's funded, I guess, and they just they don't have money to, to buy the supplies they need. So, um, anyway, so I, I went to this meeting. They're having a they're having a prom. Evidently, they have a prom every year. It's been going on for a few years, and they have a prom, and it's for adults. And there's ten kings and ten queens, and the job of the king and queen is to raise money for this um, program. Yeah, lost my train of thought there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, raised money for this program. So I went to the meeting and got a little ahead of myself and joined the decoration committee. And then before I left, somehow I ended up, they were like, hey, you should run as queen because you have all these contacts in the, in the county and you could raise all this money. I was like, yes, let's do it. And now 
I'm on the decoration committee and running as queen. So anybody that I know that is listening, you own a business, or if we just happen to know each other, I'm going to be hitting you up for money because you can do sponsorships or just, you know, donate money or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a good cause. Most of us have kids that go to school in this, in this county, so you know that their classrooms need that's that's stuff. the organization used to be greater excellence i'm not sure what they used to be fund, somebody right? yeah i yeah. think so adam you're Excuse probably me. familiar with, that, <coughs> with the harford county education well yeah yeah just change your names yeah i mean I, I work with the schools at the school level primarily but yeah i i kick around up in bel-air sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and when is this event so it's in May, so there's plenty of time to okay. to, to donate, and I have. So a, I'm sure a you're gonna, you're going to be pushing it again on the other yes. podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> and if you see me out and about, my my new thing is I'm going to wear. I wore a tiara when I got married, so I'm going to pull it out and dust it off, and I'm just going to. I'm pretty sure I'm going to wear it to the jingle mingle on Thursday, and I hope people ask me about it. If not, they're going to stare at the very least, so I can. It'll be Explain my my it gateway. It. To try and get conversation people to, starter. Right. Exactly. Or they're just going to look at you and laugh. Well, that's nah, they wouldn't do. Well, I wouldn't or, do. Or that. they're going to be hiding because they know you're going to be asking. Yeah. Me, so they're like, here she comes. <laughs> right. You know, and I've never, girl. I've never done anything to like raise money or. So I'm, I am new at all of this. Well, what I'm you need to do that. is now. Do they allow you to like accept payments through PayPal and all that? There, I have a, I have a site. That oh. I have, I have my own web page or whatever, and it's. We were looking at it yesterday, and it kind of looks more like. It kind of looks more like a GoFundMe than a PayPal. Oh, yeah, I don't like the GoFundMe pages. Well, it's not. I know, it's but, its own, it like but that's what it looks like versus. So you're going to put thing. a link on Four Seasons website too, right? Oh yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hitting everybody up from. Don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> hey, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm. Okay. I'm pushing for. Cool. I wrote a note to Rich asking if I could run and get something out of my car real quick. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. You got time. <laughs> yeah, listen, I can I can talk some All right, more. Talk. So I'll be right back. I can I can talk okay. about stall. Stalling. <laughs> I, I have three jobs going on this week. Pretty oh, the the constru construction concierge, yep. Pretty excited about it. Went and got my first permit. Did you swing a hammer? No, I went to the county council office and got the permit. I know, but I mean, I figure for the job, the job. No, it's stadium. tomorrow. It's for it's fen it's uh, installing a fence, and no. Oh, I think you need to get out there. Well, if it's a fence, just Listen, use the hammer gun. Huh? I know. Temperature's supposed to start dropping. It's gonna be cold tomorrow. Mm, I'm gonna show up on the job site like I'm supposed to. Make sure everything gets with your tiara. <laughs> yes. Right. Do the make sure everything cutting. gets uh -huh. right. Everything gets done correctly. You know, started on the right foot. I'm out. I'm out, and I'll be back when it's done. You good now, Adam? I'm good. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You have the rotating homeless shelter coming up. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I am uh, the preacher. Oh, by the way, Adam Schellenberger. So if what anybody's, you said Schellenberger. Close enough. Yes. <laughs> I'll know who you're talking about because nobody ever pronounces <laughs> like it right. Like a vowel, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's phonetic. It's it's 13 letters, but it's phonetic. Is there an A uh, in there? Shellen Barger. Where are your glasses? E A R G E R. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Like my sons. Um, that's good podcast fodder. Uh, <laughs> so there's a group called the Hartford County Hope for the Homeless Alliance, and uh, I am the preacher at Joppatown Christian Church. So we are part of the bigger countywide alliance. 
So my church, we're hosting two weeks of the rotating shelter, but there's a bigger group that's hosting hopefully 24 weeks of the shelter. So, wow. And it's actually 12 weeks, but two sites per week. Did actually, you do two weeks last year? No, we did one last year. We actually okay, had to turn help away, so we decided to do two this year. Okay. So we'll see how it goes, because uh, we're a church of like 60, and uh, we need a lot more help, but... What we did was we just opened it up to the entire Joppa Town community, Joppa, um, and just said, these are some of the most vulnerable people in our society and we need to help them. And um, there are a lot of churches that have stepped up this year. We have on this list one, two, three, four, five new churches this year uh, who have been added to the shelter. Can I ask a really dumb question? Sure. So they're homeless. Yes. And we're going to different churches. Yeah. How is that happening? So that's what the Alliance does. So the Alliance is this group of people who started meeting, uh, I want to say in like April of 2015-ish, somewhere in there. And uh, really what happened was this group of churches up in Havre de Grace said, we used to have a rotating shelter, and then we created the Welcome One Emergency Shelter, which is still there. But that shelter at that time was not allowing people who couldn't pass a drug test to get in. And at that time, Mm. that's a twist. Yeah. So at that time, Harford County, um, the the government wouldn't allow people who were homeless to get motel rooms until the temperature was under twenty degrees Fahrenheit. Under twenty? If if they couldn't pass a drug test, it was under twenty. Wow. Yikes. So it was something where the Susquehanna Ministerium up in Havergrace said. We really need to do something about this. And Councilman Curtis Beulah said, I agree. And so he pulled together a bunch of Christian business leaders and churches, and he pulled together some county officials and said, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to make this work? And it took a little while, uh, but last year in the uh, winter of 2016 to 17, we, we started this rotating shelter. And I'll tell you, it was uh, disorganized chaos, and it still kind of is. <laughs> um, but it really worked, and we believe that God helped to make that work. And um, what happened is we have, I'm just going to read. I, the reason I wanted to go out was because yeah, I wanted to read the churches. We have Presbury and Cranberry United Methodist Church from Edgewood. Uh, it's going to be at Presbury Church in Edgewood. We have Joppa Town Christian Church. We have Mount Zion United Methodist in Bel Air. Uh, this year, a new church is Hopewell United Methodist in Havre Grace. We have St. Matthew's Lutheran Church in Bel Air, Havre Grace United Methodist, New Hope Baptist in Bel Air, St. Paul Lutheran in Aberdeen, Aberdeen Bible uh, in Aberdeen, Salem United Methodist. They're in Baltimore County. Yeah, right there on Bradshaw Road. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're in Upper Co or Kingsville. Mm-hmm. Um, Hartford Community Church up in Belcamp. Center United Methodist Church in Forest Hill, Ebenezer United Methodist Church in Falston, Norrisville United Methodist Church in Norrisville, Cornerstone Church, which used to be Trinity, mm-hmm. up on uh, Mountain Road in Joppa, and Victorious Faith Fellowship in Forest Hill. They're going to be doing something a little unique. They're not hosting a week, but they're going to take the, the guests every Saturday so that they have something to do on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are my Catholic churches is, at? Just saying. Well, uh, there are some other churches that are not hosting that are participating, participating. in some ways. Yeah. Um, so, for example, Mountain Christian Church, they couldn't figure out where to put people with as many programs as they have going on at their campus yeah. involving kids pretty much every day of the week. So it was something where they said, could we just 
provide transportation. So they, they are helping. So there is transportation to get them from one church right. oh, yeah. to another. Well, so, that was where I was like, how are, how are we yeah, how get, are they getting, how are they getting So I'm pretty sure that Aberdeen Bible and Mountain Christian Church are going to be helping with vans and things like that. We have people volunteering as drivers. We have people who are like retired police officers volunteering as security. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and not only volunteering. Security actually does get paid um, by by some funds that the county has been able to set up. And what, what would happen is, like, w- before we had a rotating shelter, the county would have to pay for motel rooms for people, you know, when it got cold enough. And that was costing the county, like, $100,000 yeah. a year. And what this does is <laughs> it shifts a lot of that burden onto churches, but it's also done cheaper. So the county, magnanimously, has found a little bit of money to be able to pay the security guards mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh, you know what? I don't know if I mentioned uh, Highland Presbyterian and Street. They haven't picked a week yet, but they've committed to doing a week. Is the focus the winter time? Yes, it okay. only runs during the winter time. So okay. we're going to start on December eighteenth, and that's going to be at Presbury United uh, Methodist Church and Cranberry United Methodist is is working with that. Tiffany Patterson's the the pastor of both of those churches, and so they're going to take that week, which means that they're going to also take Christmas Day. Um, and then I think this is unofficial, uh, but probably by the time that this podcast goes up, it'll be official. I think St. Matthew's Lutheran is going to take a week where they're going to open up their building, but they're not going to be able to staff it or provide the meals for it. So there are going to be people from all over the county who are going to be pitching in that week between Christmas and New Year's. And then my church is going to take the week after, and it just rotates around the county so it doesn't all get put on one church or one group of people or one area of the county but it kind of gets spread throughout last year we had i think i want to say we had like 80 people at some point or another in the shelter um in the experience that i had we had about 30 and i would say 20 of those people (laughs) by this time have now been put in some kind of transitional housing or um, some of them have found permanent housing. I know that there were six more that I heard about yesterday that have been put in transitional housing through one particular um, uh, program. So there's it, what this allows us to do is it allows us to have more time with the guests who can't, they're not just holed up in a motel room now. They are in a community of people and sometimes they tell us, well, this is why I'm homeless or this is what I need to get to, you know, finding a permanent place, or I need to find a job. And so we work with them to try to do those things, and a lot of them we've been very successful. Um, and that's a lot better than them just sitting in a motel room, and then if it gets to 21 degrees, they get kicked out and have to, that's you know, go. Well, and, and to the county's credit, I mean, I, I don't think that that was what they wanted to do, yeah. but they just didn't have the money. And now, you know, we found this this new plan. Now, the hope is eventually uh, we'll create something that will be another welcome one, sort of. Um, I, I think that there are people that are driving towards that, but that's going to be a very different thing because this is something that covers the whole county and, and it can take advantage of different communities and different places. And um, it's really something pretty special. It's been really fun to be a part of it. Um, I would encourage you, if you know one of those churches or you know people there, or even if you don't know, you can probably go on their websites or call and just say, I'd like to volunteer or I'd like to just come and check it out. Um, I know at our church we had 
probably two-thirds of our volunteers last year had no connection to our church whatsoever. And what, what do the volunteers need to do? Because you need people to spend the night and everything, right? Yeah, so for I, I can't speak for all the churches, right. but I know at Joppa Town Christian Church, what we do is we generally ask volunteers to get there. Um, the first shift comes in at 5 and it goes to 8, and we ask them to help to prepare and serve the meal that's prepared for us. So people come... They make the meal, they bring the meal, and then we have people help to serve the meal there. Right. Um, and then the next shift picks up at 8, and it goes to 11. And that shift is basically just probably just trying to entertain the guests. Um, we could actually entertain them. Like, we could have a show, or we could uh, have, like, a knitting class or something like that. Or it could just be something, just sit and talk to people, play some cards, play some games, uh, just hang out. Lights out are generally at 10 o'clock. Um, and then for that last hour, the, the volunteers might, they might even go home at that time, or they might just stick around and help to prepare for the overnight shift to come. The overnight shift generally comes around 11 and stays till about six and, um, or they can stay for breakfast and stay till seven or eight. And, uh, the overnight shift, they can sleep. We just need to make sure that we have at least one male and one female, right. uh, volunteer <clears throat> to help security in case there's an incident overnight. And um, another responsibility that we put on the overnight shift is to help prepare lunches for the next day and then uh, help to prepare for breakfast. It's 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. Uh, whenever breakfast gets there. And then the guests eat breakfast, and at 8 o'clock they're taken to uh, another church that I didn't mention, which is New Hope United Methodist Church in Edgewood. And New Hope plays a very important role. They are the day shelter, so um, the people who are running the emergency shelter at night uh, they put every everybody at New Hope, and they take them all day. So if they don't have a job or they don't have something else to go to, they have a safe place that they can be warm and eat lunch. Um, and Jackie McNally, she's the coordinator over there, and she does such a great job. And on Mondays and Fridays, and hopefully Wednesdays this year, um, the epicenter in Edgewood, they allow people to shower there. So they have a shower ministry, and they do a great job over there. Um, they're always looking for volunteers. The day shelter is looking for volunteers. So if, if people want to get involved, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of ways of doing that. It's just a matter of uh, asking. We have a, a Facebook page, which is um, facebook.com slash Harco Hope for the Homeless. And it I, I help to run that. So you'll probably end up hearing from me and I can get <laughs> you involved or we have a couple different ways to volunteer, um, a couple different forms that you can fill out and it's just it's really great to see the church step up and be the church i, I know i was on the um harford county living podcast like a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and we hadn't had the shelter yet in fact i'm not even sure uh, i would expect at that time my church hadn't even committed to hosting a week of the right. shelter yet um but i remember talking about all kinds of different volunteer opportunities and just needing to be involved in the community and this is something where you know, I, I still, I got a text message from somebody we had in the shelter last January who said, uh, I, I got a text message from him on Thanksgiving, and he just said, Happy Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm very thankful for all the things that I've been given through the shelter, and you're a part of that. And it's just, it's so rewarding to be able to see that kind of stuff. Um, now, with this, because what is it, every year at the Epicenter... I think it's in February. What's that, the Homeless Connect or whatever? Right. So that's actually getting moved this year. Project Homeless Connect is going to be at um, the college, Hartford Community really? College. Yeah, it's outgrown the epicenter um, and the building next to the epicenter. So it's going to get moved to Hartford Community College uh, at the arena. At the arena. 
and uh, transportation is going to be going up there the whole time. And what's really interesting about that is that comes exactly one day after what is called the point in time count, the pit count. Oh, yeah. And the point in time count is when um, government officials and volunteers from Harford County go out into the county, into the woods where there yeah. are known encampments, and they go and they find pretty much every person who's experiencing homelessness in Harford County. And that's how they get their count. And that's how they get their count. So they count all the people in the shelters. They count all the people in various uh, houses like Anna's house or mm -hmm. if people are in the Sark house or something like that. They count all those people um, and they get a, 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 you know, a count of how many people there are who are experiencing homelessness. But they also say, hey, if you're at this place at this time tomorrow, a bus will be here to pick you up and it can come to you can come get a haircut you can come get dental work you vision can, screen vision yeah, screening everything. ids yeah. um and it's a one-stop shop i wish it were able to happen every day but it, it happens once a year but project homeless connect is uh it's gonna be in january it's it's usually in january they usually okay, try to january. do the the pit count at the time that is coldest um, because that's the easiest because there are more, more people, people in the shelter. Yeah. And I think the number was down last year, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I don't know that I saw Still the Still not down number. far enough. Right. But but if it is down, it's because of the yeah. efforts of the Harford County. Well, I know my Alliance. sister used to have to, she was on that committee that goes around counting when Open Doors Career Center used to be open. And uh, got back then, I think the homeless count was in like four or 500 area. Okay. And... Yeah. It's yeah. under 200 now, Yeah, it's under 200 now. My but mom used to work for when Upper Chesapeake had the clinic mm -hmm. right there on 40. They don't have it anymore now. It's part of West Cecil. But um, when they had that there, man, she used to go, we would go walk the trail, right, in Bel Air. She would bring stuff, sleeping bags, just stuff, and hand them out because a lot of her patients are living at the trail. And she, you know, she just brought stuff all the time. And then she would run into them later on and be like, oh, where's your sleeping bag? And, yeah, it was, it's shocking. It's not mice you're hearing, by the okay. way. That's yeah. Everyone kept looking. Yeah. We're like, yeah, that's them working on the bathroom. So. Jump out of, we, yeah. Last year, we actually had uh, an incident with stuff. We had a guy, Rick Haynes, from Answer Prayers Ministry up in Heavy Grace was... Yeah helping move people from one place to another place to another place for the rotating shelter. And every single stop of the shelter, they would get um, sweatshirts and blankets and things like that. And by the time they got to my church's building, which was like four weeks into the shelter, they had some people had 17 garbage bags full of stuff. And Rick was like, okay, nobody's allowed to give them any more stuff ever. Like, just, we're done. Um, so I think for the shelter this year, everybody gets a blanket, everybody gets a bag, everybody gets toiletries and stuff like that. And that's being provided by, uh, that's a concentrated effort through the Alliance. And then if people need things as we go through the shelter, the Alliance can help to provide those things. But we're not looking for donations of blankets or anything like that, uh, sleeping bags, because the hope is everybody should be able to sleep inside. And then the hope is everybody will be placed somewhere by the end of the the time that the shelter's done, which would be, looks like March 12th is when it'll be finished. Um, and I know last year we extended, I think there was a week that went from like 
March 11th to the 18th or something. I know. I feel like March is a really tough month. Like, you didn't get it snow is. up until the last right. week of March. March 20th or 7th yeah. or 8th. I remember snow in April. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the reasons last year we, we just kind of scrambled and there was a church that said, you know what, we'll take a week. And they did the, they tacked on a week at the end. So um, it's, it's interesting because as the shelter goes on, it starts to wear on the guests a little bit. You're around the same people. Yeah. Right. Twelve weeks, you, you don't have a lot of freedom. So a lot of times we see by the time March rolls around, if it gets above like 50 degrees ever, they're, a yeah. lot of them are just okay. gone. How do you connect with the homeless people so they know yeah, that's a good where to go? Well, if you find somebody who's experiencing homelessness after the 18th of December, um, you can go to any police station or you can call 211. Uh, that's another great resource. Anytime you, you find somebody, 211 is a great number to call. And they'll know where the shelter is. They'll know um, where it is at that time. And it's something where the best thing that you could do if it's during the daylight hours would be to connect them with the Harford Community Action Agency, yeah. which is in Edgewood. It's on uh, the place that you would need to go is 1010 Gateway Road in Edgewood. Right that's behind the, the credit union. Uh, well, it's behind the BB&T. The one that you're thinking of is the Harford Community Action Agency, and they deal with a lot oh, of other stuff. Okay. The Harford Community Action Agency Supportive Services Division is on Gateway Road behind the BB&T. Oh, it used to be the old okay. police station, I think. Okay. And uh, what they do there is they, they go through screening, and they're the ones who will say, okay, yeah, you're cleared to go into the shelter, and we'll provide transportation for you. New Hope is right around the corner. You can go there and pick up the bus, and um, we'll have a cot for you or a bed for you or whatever. And um, so that's that's the absolute best way to do it is to get somebody directly to the community action agency during business hours. What happens is if somebody's found during the night, um, the police may be able to take them to a shelter location, but it's up to the discretion of the site coordinator. Because unfortunately, sometimes we're dealing with people who have very heavily uh, used alcohol in, in that right. time span and whatever. And sometimes some people don't feel that it's safe to bring that person in until they dry out. Um, but we are going to have screening. Uh, uh, screening is provided by the Community Action Agency. I mean, there are so many moving parts to this thing and so many people pitching in. And I, I know that I'm forgetting people um, that I really shouldn't be you know, neglecting to mention, but there's, it's just such a big thing. Our, our steering committee is headed by, you know, there are a lot of people on that too, but we have a, our chaplain that kind of takes religious matters, um, Mary Whitehead, and we have Bonnie Prater from Hope and Action Ministry. She organizes so much of this, and Howard Magnus is doing so much of it, and he's with a, a ministry called Hire Together, which basically tries to get churches to work together. Um, the Jewish Temple, I think, from um, Havre Grace was at our meeting yesterday, so they might take a week. So, I mean, it's, it's just such a wonderful thing to see so many people come together um, basically to help uh, help 80 to 100 people in our community yeah. uh, who really need it. But that the goal is that that number gets smaller and smaller every year. And I, I haven't, obviously the shelter hasn't opened up, so I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm hoping that there are no returns from next year. There may be. There are a couple stubborn people that we knew through the shelter <laughs> last year. But um, the hope is that we'll, we'll just keep doing this for a few more years and then find enough housing for everybody and, and we'll just be able to open it up. Upper Bay uh, from Perry Point, they, they come down and they give all kinds of um, 
mental health screenings and counseling and things like that. I was going to ask you that, if there's anybody from like the VA or whatever that comes in, because, well, we all know it's a lot, there are a lot of homeless veterans. Yeah. Um, And some of them are even too proud to seek help. Yeah. Yeah, and, and... but yeah, I, I wanted to ask about the VA if, if somebody from there is helping, and also like other local businesses or whatever. A little segue here, right. um, if they could come in and help and teach some, some like streetwise, if they are they allowed to come in and teach defense or anything like that? Yeah, that would be something that would be up to each individual site. Okay. So uh, if people want to come in, I know last year at our site we had people from the epicenter come in and help people search for jobs. We had the library come in and connect people to library services, including career services, but also just to get a library card so people could read stuff. I was going to say too, and even reading, because people don't realize how many homeless children there are as well. Yeah, that is one place that we still need some help. We we can't have any children in the shelter, so the children are the ones. Yeah, the children are the ones that still get the motel rooms right now, and that's a place that. Uh, we just don't know exactly how to go about that. We have Harford Family House, and they right. have their own um, their own services. We have uh, a couple other services in the county that do provide service for children. Um, There's no way to separate it out for families versus people that don't have children? No. Un- uh, unfortunately, if it's a family, it's probably something where there's... Unless they can get into Harford Family House or unless they can get into something else... They're probably going to be looking at the motel rooms right now. Um, well, it's good at least they're they're looking into the motel rooms because I remember years ago um, there was a family that was homeless and they were actually staying. Remember the old campers that would go in the back of a pickup truck? They were staying yeah. in one of them. No heat, nothing in there. Yeah. It was an abandoned you know thing, and that's where they were staying. Another they great find a place to go. Another great place to ask if you know a family who's experiencing homelessness is the schools. The schools have services that they can connect uh, kids to and that can help the whole family. Uh, It's, there's no one-size-fits-all situation. No, of course. It's, it's, everything is a uh, Mm case-by-case scenario and uh, the Community Action Agency, they deal with that all the time. It's another great place to ask. Um, Yeah, we're certainly looking into trying to figure out how do we help families, how do we help kids, but you know, I, I listed all these churches, and we still have, you can see on this piece of paper, you can't podcast listener, but um, <laughs> you know, we still have gaps for this the second week. We still have gaps right now for this first week, uh, or for the, for the first site. So it's it's just something where it's, it's a big job, and mm-hmm. um, we need more and more people, like local businesses, to realize that there are big problems out there. I was going to say, as far as, because you feed them too, so do you have like local restaurants or grocery stores providing food? Yeah, so last year, and this is this is just a wonderful story of the way that the community can really uh, support people. We had a situation where somebody came and just didn't bring enough food uh, at the shelter one night. It was actually uh, the night of the inauguration. And, wow. and we were just short on food, and, and I just said, we need to get food somehow. And we had had some people who had donated money to our efforts, and so I called up Town Grill and Pub right mm-hmm. here in Joppa I Town, and, say, I I said, and I said, hey, we are so short on food today. Can you help us? Can you make, like, I don't know, like 12 pizzas, and we'll give you as much money as we can. It's probably only going to be, like, 100 bucks, but, you know, can you help us out a little bit? 
and they said, do you want just pizzas or do you want like chicken tenders too? So I said, yeah, chicken t- I love your chicken tenders. Right? <laughs> um, I do, yes. Yes, yes. I do from I order for Actually, <laughs> ironically, I, I didn't get any chicken tenders that night because they went quick. But um, they brought eight pizzas and chicken tenders and they brought them down. They delivered to the church building. Uh, just because we called and asked, and they wouldn't take our money from That's us. That's Larry. Yeah. Yep. Um, Larry and Linda and Brad. They it, a lot of times they won't. They, yeah. Uh, right. And then uh, one another time we had somebody who was scheduled to bring dinner and and phone was disconnected. She just didn't show up. We didn't know whether or not she was going to come or not. Yikes. And she didn't show up. And so um, we heard through the grapevine that Pat's Pizza in Edgewood yeah. was another great place to ask. So um, I called them and I said, hey, we're hosting a week at the shelter. We have some money. But if we could you know, lower the price per pizza, that would be wonderful. And I, I said, I think I asked for something like, um, like eight plain, eight pepperoni or something like that. And They're they, chicken tenders. Yeah. Right, what well, at that point, this so Pat's Pizza one happened first. Um, so yeah, I didn't even think of chicken tenders at that point. Anyway, so they quoted us it was like seventy-five bucks for sixteen pizzas, and I sent a volunteer down. Uh, she wasn't connected to the church, but I sent her down. She went to go get the pizzas, and she we gave her seventy-five bucks, and she came back and she handed me another forty bucks. I was like, "What's this?" And she said. They took the price down even further. It was only thirty-four dollars for, That's for awesome. sixteen right. pizzas. That was probably their cost. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did it at cost. And so, I mean, there are all kinds of businesses that are helping out. I mean, this is a, a county-wide effort. It's, yeah, right. it really is, and it's it's, it's great to see everybody pull together to help out. Mm-hmm. Too. I don't think anybody realizes how many homeless people there are in Hartford County. Well, I see five or six people that I see regularly, but the other thing is, no I don't think people understand what homeless means. Because a lot of people think homeless means they're living out in the woods or whatever, and that's not the case. Uh, technically, a homeless person could be somebody that even jumps from house to house. So they I, they could be staying with their uncle this week. They could be staying with their yeah. aunt next week. And you know, some of them have cars, but and jobs, but they just have no permanent one place residence. to settle. Right, no permanent resident to settle down. Yeah, uh, it, and it's it's sad. It, it's granted now you're seeing a lot more homeless people getting back on their feet you know which is a good sign that that definitely helps but you're also seeing more people in the community and organizations churches and everything helping them out as well um, it, it used to be that you know you, you tell some, you you know point out somebody at homeless and people would walk away from them we had a guy up here at the park um, we always used to call him the major was living up here you know homeless and um, we um, raised money one night and just took it out there gave it to us say here you know go go to the local restaurant get something to eat you know and he appreciate and he did because some people say don't give a homeless person money because all they're going to do is spend on alcohol and whatever and that's not the case always you know it's not the case always but if you have that fear and a lot of people do and, and I understand that fear <laughs> One thing that my church implemented, um, a friend of mine actually helped us implement it. Uh, we, well, actually, there were a couple girls in the church, Alex and Lauren, who said, well, one thing that we can do is we can pack bags in advance with things like crackers, um, canned food, or mm-hmm. uh, fruit, or anything like that, socks, toothpaste, toothbrushes, 
Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, in fact, if you get a three-gallon Ziploc bag, you'd be surprised what could fit in there. We put blankets in there and things like that. And what we did was we handed these out to people in the church so that they could keep them in their cars. Yeah. So when they saw people, they, they could idea. give them to people. And yeah. if you're, oh, and another thing that we put in them that's very, very important. I said two one one before. Two one one gets most of their information from something called a street card. So Hartford County has a card that lists all kinds of services. It lists veteran services and housing services, legal services, different languages, uh, stuff like that. So if you go onto my church's website, which is www.joppatown.church, and Joppatown has an E on the end of it, so it's joppatown.church, and look under our ministries tab, there's something that says Hope for the Homeless, and we have a packing list for the uh, care kits that we made, links to street cards for Harford County, Baltimore County, Baltimore City, D.C., and New York City, I think. Um, and we also have uh, a couple other things on there, um, that just kind of can help people if you don't want to get involved in the shelter or you don't want to get involved in a church or what the churches are doing but you still want to do something and, and you don't want to give money to people that's a, a great resource too and yeah. there are i'll tell you when you have one of those with you and you see somebody who's who's panhandling on a street or something uh you can just hand that out out the door and say hey this is this is for you and a lot of times they're really really gracious to uh, accept that and grateful. Yeah. So. What about yeah. gift cards? I know somebody that um, got five dollar Royal Farms or Wawa gift cards and gave That's them out because that too. way you could go if they're cold they could get a coffee yeah. or yeah. something to eat yeah, and that way you're not giving them money because again there's always these right. ideas that they're going to do different things with the money but if you give them a gift card to McDonald's even Right. Is that something that... Yeah, that's another great idea. The, the only problem with something like that is if you happen to give it to somebody who happens to be far away from one of those things. Right. I know in Joppatown, for instance, the closest McDonald's we have is all the way on the other side of Edgewood. Mm -hmm. um, and Wawa is, you know, a, a busy road. So, like, it depends. You, you've got to know your community. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you happen to be traveling in another community, I would say something is probably better than nothing. But even if you're giving out those gift cards, if you can put the number or just a post-it note on it and put 211, that is, it, it's huge to be able to say, not only am I giving you something for the immediate, but also if you want to get out of this situation and you want help to get out of it, well, there there's help out there, call this number. 211 is a 24-7 number, it's staffed by the United Way. I think they offer services in 150 or more languages. Oh, wow. Um, and you can call them, and they have, like I said, the street cards and our resource guides and everything, and they can go through that thing and they say, what's your problem? Okay, you know what, you need to go call this number, talk to this person, and it's 211's tagline is it's the first call for help. And so it's, it's a great one. If you can't remember anything else, remembering 211, um, and handing a gift card out the window and just saying, please call 211, uh, and the light turns green and you zoom off, mm -hmm. you've done something, something. that could yeah. have lasting impact. Mm -hmm. How do people go about getting these care packages? Uh, like I if said... If I wanted to put three of them in the car and carry them with me, how would I get those? The, the best way to do Make it would be to do it yourself. Make them yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a couple of organizations, like Adams Church makes them. I think there's a company up in Havoc Grace, Breathe. I want to say 365 or something like that. Yes, yeah, uh, so does them. You can contact Jared Allen. I, I say my sister used to work in Mount Washington. She every uh, major holiday there was there was one particular guy that stood out uh, by her building, and so she would 
hand, like she would put a yeah. thing. It wasn't an organized thing. It was whatever Something she Something she together. felt like putting together, gloves yeah. and <laughs> She always made and... sure that, this is ridiculous, but she always made sure that she put in there um, a Sharpie and um, paper because she was always concerned about, they, you know, a lot of homeless people will carry signs if they're out on the road. And she was always concerned about if they don't have, how do they have access to a Sharpie? To you make the sign. Yeah, to right. make the sign. Well, it, you know, it's that amazing. I would have never thought of that. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. It's amazing. Just little things like that or, or different places that you could think of. Like, for instance, um, there's a guy named Dan Dubell up in Bel Air. He runs Embroid Me in oh, yes, Forest yes, Hill, yes. Bel Air area. And uh, I connected with him and he found out what we were doing. And he said, hey, would it be helpful for you uh, if I gave you just a bunch of sweatshirts because True, the, yeah. uh, somebody placed a screen printing order and didn't realize something was misspelled. And so he had a bunch of sweatshirts that he that were screen printed and he couldn't get rid of them because they had the, the misspelling on them. He said, I'll just give them to you. And so we included those in our care kits. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, um, you know, just using your own resources and your own connections can get things that Joppatown Christian Church might not be able to get because we don't know all the people you know. Um, but if, if anybody's really interested in getting a care kit or wants to see it, I, I you're welcome to come down to Joppatown Christian Church and we'll make one with you and show you what we do. We'll give you one. Um, do you have it on? Could you put it on your site so that people could see what to put in? I think you yeah, said the list is already is, on there. There's yeah. a packing list on there. There's instructions on there. Um, I think we probably have pictures on there too. I mean, that our, our website, we try to keep updated with the best information just to make sure that I know that people can go there because there are a lot of government websites that get switched the URL switches from place you know time it's to time to, and yeah it's right. hard to get around on the website um, but I can control my church's website so that's always going to be updated and, and made sure that that's uh, good information yeah it's good to know I want to put a link to that if that's okay sure yeah, it's www.jobatown.church I know what with it is e. Jobatown with an E Rich knows Jabba Tom and me. We have a fight about this at community meetings all the time. Uh, oh, and, and while I'm talking about my shout out, real quick, Jesse Ferrigno is our site coordinator at Jabba Tom Christian Church. She does the lion's share of the work for organizing the shelter at our church. So, you know, I'm here talking on the podcast, and I get a lot of the glory a lot of the times, as much glory as a preacher can get. Um, <laughs> But I'll tell you, Jesse and all the site coordinators at all these churches that I mentioned, they're the ones who really deserve yeah. the credit because without them, it probably doesn't go. So. Well, I thank you, sir. You can thought you, I was getting ready to wrap it up. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, can you give us that website address again just in case Richard forgets? Oh, yeah, Richard, in case <laughs> he you forgot it. it. <laughs> Joppatown.church. Joppatown with an E. No, I saw him write it down. He's got, got it. Got that, Richard? I just, no, actually, I just wrote link to Joppatown Christian Church. <laughs> uh, good luck, <laughs> podcast <laughs> listeners. Jeez. Well, well, I'll have all the, link, I mean, all the links in the podcast, but I want to mainly put it on the site because I think that's a great idea to have let everybody be able to make those bags yeah. and carry them in their car. Um, yeah. Get, I'm sorry, are we boring you, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's had enough. Right. Well, let, let's move on here. So, Streetwise, explain exactly what Streetwise is. So, we are a team of educators and um, people that go out. What we, the way it started was I was a victim. So, in September of 1991, I was attacked 
And I fought back, obviously, because I'm here. But I did a lot of things wrong. Like, I put myself in a situation that I should not have been in. And this happened in 1991 before cell phones and Facebook. And right. I was being stalked for over a year and had no idea. Right. Yes. And so now the problem is, is that there's too much information out there. Yeah. So I was stalked when there wasn't Facebook and social media. And people now are putting themselves into a vulnerable situation. And so after my attack, I had PTSD. I was very afraid and... It took me until my daughter was 18 to really talk about it and kind of face what happened to me. So she was getting ready to go off to college and we felt that she was academically prepared. She was an athlete, so she was physically able to handle herself, but she was naive. She went to a small school with the same people for right. 12 years. So we looked into getting some martial arts training for her, but again, she had a job and she played sports. So I wound up connecting with a, um, what was Dennis, karate or some form of martial arts, and he did private lessons with her, which was expensive. And so when she went off to college, we felt confident, she felt confident. So the first time we went on campus to visit her, and my husband and I were walking through the campus, and I said, why are all the windows open? And all the windows on the bottom floor were cracked open. And really? she goes, Mom, everybody leaves the windows open in case they forget their keys. And I thought, what? what? <laughs> and she goes, don't worry, my window's not open. I said, yes, but everybody, what, other what, people what, what, in the suite, right. And so that made me realize that because she had some ideas, because we drilled it into her, that not everyone thinks that way. And so she came home from college break and she was telling me some dumb things that the, the kids on campus did. And I started taking notes. And then I said to Jerry, I said, you know, I need to do something. I'm, I'm a personal trainer and I help people to get fit and lose weight, but I just felt like there was something more that I was right. supposed to need to do. And so I had this idea to get this message out and to teach people how to defend themselves and to be aware of situations. And so we put it on Craigslist. Well, he put it on Craigslist that we were looking for female instructors with a background in any form of martial arts. And we had four people that came forward, um, Morgan Nichols, who is uh, jiu-jitsu, and Jamie, who was karate, Bonnie Warren, who had a lot of different, you probably know Bonnie, everybody Maybe seems to know her, one. Yeah. Bonnie, yes. She was Tung Sudo, and then we had a woman, Joyce Miller, who was RAD certified. That stands for Rape Aggression mm -hmm. Defense. And so we spent hours and hours at our house trying to figure out how can we put something together to teach people awareness? Because we don't teach fighting and hands-on as much as how to avoid situations. If you don't right. get yourself in trouble, you don't need the second part of this. And so we put these things together and then we decided on some basic moves that if you do find yourself in a situation, here's how you're gonna get out of them. And so we started with a four-hour program, which was long. A lot of people um, couldn't commit to four hours, so we moved it down to two-hour trainings. So we do workshops everywhere. We do them in schools and churches. We go to private businesses. We Now what's very popular for us is private workshops. So you get five people together. We'll come to your house or you come to our location, Good and idea. we'll do an awareness program, and then we do some hands-on stuff as well. So, with because you scare me now when you're talking about with social media and everything, you're right. Kids nowadays just think that 
doesn't matter, put it out there, I'm safe. It's not going to happen to Well, me. adults too. You okay, know, how well, many times yeah, do people that. go on vacation and they're, look where I am. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm so excited, we're leaving tomorrow. And you don't know. Just because you think that everybody on social media is somebody that you know, that's not the case. So you're just putting it out there. And people don't believe that things like that happen, but things like that happen all the time. This is probably one of the worst things is the cell phone because <laughs> I, I a lot of people, the smartphones, people go out there and it, whether at a restaurant or whatever, and they tag themselves so that they're there. Right. So meanwhile, Robert's like, mm, they're not home. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, either that or that. they're waiting for you to leave the restaurant. Yeah. We, um, I had a call a few months ago from a mom and she said that her daughter was putting gas in the car and had a name tag on for where she worked. And a guy started talking to her and she felt uncomfortable so she got in her car and left well he knew where she worked so he went to where she worked and she wasn't there but he asked the person working there oh i need her phone number i had it and i lost it and so they gave her the phone number no. so now he had her cell number and because he didn't physically do anything to her there was nothing that the police could do so he was showing up at work and sending her inappropriate text so again it's we don't want to think that it could happen, but it can happen anytime. See, and, and I'm sorry, but if, if somebody was doing that with my daughter, I'd be the one in trouble because, right. well, excuse my language, but I'm going to open up a can of whoop ass on the guy, right. and then I'm going to end up in jail. I was right. just thinking about, like, what would my husband do? He would be sitting in a booth at work is what he would be right uh, doing there. Yeah. It's Well, and your, your kids are still taking MMA, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can physically defend themselves for sure i would but it's avoiding the situation but it's like avoiding the situations and i was kind of laughing to myself not like it's not like haha funny but it i was laughing to myself because i was thinking about when i was in college many years ago that i was thinking about all the buildings and i'm like yeah everybody totally left their windows open right in the high rises though the windows didn't open or they opened differently that you wouldn't be able to get in but there were there were buildings around the courtyard and those buildings were the oldest and they were only three levels and so those windows opened straight up as opposed to whatever different yeah, tilting configuration yeah. yeah um but yeah everybody left their windows open for sure right. and and people are i don't know if it's because of social media but i feel like people are dumber now and i never realized that until i worked for the government like like what you said about going on vacation so if I, we go on vacation I don't post until after we get back. Right. right. Or, um, you know, if I if I tag myself someplace or that I have been there, I'm probably not still there, for one. And two, I'm probably alone, so there's somebody back in my house. And, it's like, I try and think of those things, but I even find myself... And, and I have an 11-year-old who... All this kid wants for Christmas is access to Snapchat. Yeah. Oh boy! And right. you know, and my husband is. I'm like, here's the thing. We're getting to the point where we're gonna have to give her something because she's gonna sneak it. And if we don't give it to her in a controlled, you know, situation, she's gonna sneak it. But he's my. He There's nuts a, about social media. If so. you go, um, I think it was WBAL or no, it was um, the Today Show. I think it was the Today Show. That had yesterday. There's a Facebook app just for kids, just and coming out. it's coming out, and it's uh, very secure. So that might be something that you could throw at her yeah. to, um, you, you know, kind of keep her off of it. And 
you know, Snapchat, the good thing is that it goes away, but people can screenshot it. <laughs> Well, say people can screenshot, right. right, and my husband's so concerned about people being able to find, right. being able to find you, and so I downloaded Snapchat, because my whole thing is, is, at some point in time, this is going to become relevant, so I need to know, like, what it does right. and how to work it. I'm still clueless. I don't get it. I don't know why it's a thing. I like the filters. They're fun, but right. I just... If right. I just photo capture those and post them on uh, forums that I actually use... But I, I downloaded it, and I'm like, I don't know how to use this. And my daughter's like, oh, here, you do this, and this, and this, and this, and you poke this here, and make sure you touch this, and you have to do this, and you press this. And my husband's like, you don't have the app. How do you know how to use it? It's in their blood. It is it's, in their blood. My son's the same way. He's like, it. he knows exactly what you to do. You know how I got around that? Because my daughter, when she was young, the same thing, Snapchat wasn't around yet, but Facebook and all that, I simply told her, I said, can't, it's against the law. No, it's not. I said, yeah, you got to be 13. It w- and it's which you do. You have to be 13. That's why I said it. You always put the fear of if you break the law. Yeah, yeah it's not on me. It's on them. Yeah. It's yeah. not on me. Do you guys do things for kids, or is it just adults? No, we do streetwise kids, which is um, five, usually five to nine or ten, mm-hmm. and then we'll do something geared for that middle age. We will do 14 and older can attend our hands-on workshops, and actually 12-year-olds can attend. We talk about some content sometimes that's a little much for 12 and 13-year-olds. We talk about rape and um, sexual assault, but if we and we can tailor it, okay, yeah, I was going to say lately what's been happening with, I, I mean, well, you just had it beginning of the school year, young girl got killed. Yep. So I, I think 12 years old, I think you still have to. We talk to the parents ahead of time. If well, we yeah. do, when we do a Girl Scout troop, we have to let them know what we're talking about right. so they can discuss it. And when I do Streetwise Kids, I talk to the parents ahead of time. And if I go in and I feel like the kids are mature enough to talk about certain things, I will. And if not, afterwards, I'll talk to the parents and say, here's the questions you need to ask and here's the subject you need to bring up. Because a lot of times people that attack and i say children aren't strangers it's yeah. the uncle mm-hmm. it's so you, the yeah, most true. of the time they're not it's the cousin it's it's an old it's usually someone older that has a little bit of authority over a younger person and so they your sixth sense tells you it's wrong something doesn't feel right but it's my uncle so i can't do anything or it's the school teacher or it's the janitor at school and so we teach them if it doesn't feel right it's not right and how to get out of a situation and then talk to your parents about it. How do you go about, because I know there are some kids out there that just don't want to learn how to defend themselves. They, they don't want to take the time to do it. How do you convince them that yeah. it is important to learn? Well, we, we, when we first started this company, my daughter has a degree in marketing, and I thought, I'm going to go with the fear factor. Like, who would let their right. kids go to college without doing the streetwise training? But you can't motivate people with fear. It doesn't work. Right. It's, an, it's a temporary thing. Like, oh, my gosh, as soon as I leave this, I'm going to go do a self-defense training. or I'm gonna, But that goes away. So we had to figure out ways to make people understand that you'll feel empowered and you'll feel confident. It's really about perception. Everything in life is perception. People drive a big, nice car, you think they're rich. They live in a big house, you think they're rich. You go in the big house, they don't have furniture because they're poor. But it's perception. So if we can talk to kids about ways that they will feel 
That wasn't right. Just I got right. The noise ready. you're hearing is people outside working. So. How did they even find us? We're not recording this. Or we're not publishing they, it live. Yes, they're outside. It's all right. But it's it's a it's teaching them the confidence. So and Jerry will tell you when we go in for two hour training, whether it's women or children, everybody's kind of quiet, and we go through a PowerPoint where we're talking about the awareness portion, and then we have everybody get up and get into a defensive stance, and we teach them a little bit about moving forward and back using their voice and then they get to start punching him and then they start getting loud and they start really getting into it and having a good time then we try to come good sport he is he gets beat a lot and he loves it and then we try to calm everybody back down to go to the second part of the lecture but they're so pumped up and they're so fired up because they feel so confident and then they we usually finish with some hands-on and he'll back them into a corner and make them fight back a little bit so they get that adrenaline rush give me your purse give me your phone you know and grabbing at them and I mean they they're they've learned at that point how to strike how to protect themselves how to use their knees how to use their elbows or their hands how to escape and it's so it's funny. a confidence you really want to tell them that you're just you know you're learning how to feel confident. think about I always use the analogy with kids do you know when you have a test in school and you forget to study or you don't study you just don't study and you go in the next day and you're feeling incredibly insecure like oh man I'm gonna blow this I don't know the material and then you study and you go in and you're like, I got this. Bring that test on. It's that confidence level. Right. And that's how awareness training is. You're, we don't want you to be paranoid. We don't want you to be afraid to go to the movies or afraid to go to a restaurant. But we also can say to you, hey, when you go to a restaurant, make sure one of you is facing the door so you can see if something starts to happen. And then what would you do if? I mean, really, what would you do if somebody came into the restaurant with a gun? You're going to try to run, you're going to try to hide, or you're going to fight back. Those right. are your three choices. But when you start putting those scenarios in your head everywhere you go, movies, we do it. We go to the airport. We're in the mall. We kind of role play just a little. I'm not paranoid. Yeah. I just feel confident that, hey, if something happened right now, we know what to do. And kids kind of, and we make a game of it with kids and adults. That's we, one thing I give my daughter credit for because and when I was in the court, this is the unit I was in, this is one of the things that he taught us, never sit with your back towards the door. Right. To this day, I, never I still do. Right. And now my daughter's the same way. She she will not, my, my wife laughs at me. No, it's but, the right thing to do, but yeah. then you have to have a, a plan about that. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, let's say you're in a restaurant and you're watching the door, you can see everything that goes around and somebody comes in and pulls out a gun. First thing you gotta do is stay calm. Well. But a lot of people, a lot of people well, won't. People are going to panic, panic yeah. and they're going to scream, and yeah. you know they're going to start to run. And of course, everybody's going to go for the same exit. exit. Yep. So first thing you want to do is figure out what is the closest exit. Where am I going to go if something happens right now? And then what do you do? Can you run? If right. you can't, can you hide? But you know, one of the things that happens, and and they did this in a in a school. They did a school setting. So in a school, they try to lock the doors, and they put everybody into one corner but mm -hmm. think about that if the shooter gets through the door you've neatly piled 20 kids exactly. in the corner so they did this um, study where they took 20 balloons and they filled them with air and they put them in the corner and they had a guy come in and he had 10 seconds and he had darts and in 10 seconds he was allowed to shoot as many darts as he could and then he had to back out of the room he hit I think all but two balloons were deflated so then they said, well, let's try it differently. So they put the 20 balloons behind desks and they had things on the desk and they had people next to the balloons and he came in, he had the same amount of time. 
But the minute he came through the door, the people that were there started throwing erasers and pencils and books and started throwing things at him and got him back out the door. He shot two balloons. So a lot of times we think we're just going to hide in the corner, but if there's five people against one, yes, he right. has a gun, <clears throat> and yes, he might shoot all five of you as you attack him, but if you sit there and do nothing, you're going to get shot anyway. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's just hard to communicate that. In workplaces and school places, you can have like a fire, like, like in the church even. What would we do if somebody came into the church as an active shooter? Well, we could try to run. Probably not going to happen. We could try to hide. But if all 60 of us know, pick up the books, pick up your, pr and just start throwing things and dis and I'm going to grab him and you're going to take him down from the knees and have a plan in place. You don't want to think and about that, but. We've, we've just started talking about it actually. And, and one of the things that they're teaching churches is have somebody in the parking lot so that they know everybody who's getting out of the car. And if there's somebody yeah. who's unfamiliar, great. That's probably a guest who's coming, but also something where it's like, does everything seem to check about, out right. about this? And then have somebody posted right inside the door whose job is to see to watch the person in the parking lot because right. if the person in the parking lot is shot then lock the person the who's yeah lock the doors and make sure everybody knows somebody was just shot outside and then there's somebody who's supposed to be right outside the like the sanctuary or the auditorium looking at the person at the door communicating to the rest of the people inside and and that's something that i i wish we didn't have to think about it but right. it's mm -hmm. one of these things, I'd rather think about it before there's a problem than say, I wish we would have thought right. about this. Well, but also, I feel like the people that come to your church are going to feel a little bit safer because they know that there's a plan in place. Right. And you'll feel safer because you know if something happens, I know what to do. I remember I had taken a CPR course and I was driving home. And my daughter was in a car behind me. And we live through Rock State Park. And just as we came through the park, a truck rolled and flipped and I only knew what to do because I had just taken this course hours ago so I got out and I knew what to do how to move the person I put him on the side of the road I knew he was in shock I knew what to do to keep him calm you know and what to do with my car and my vehicle because it had just happened so having that awareness and that confidence what would you do if ask yourself that in every situation yeah. and you know I like to think so I take boxing and kickboxing <laughs> classes. Actually, missed mine this morning to be here. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, I take boxing and kickboxing classes, and my kids are in MMA. And I feel like I I think I could defend myself if I had to at least you know at least once. I don't I don't spar, but my issue with that is other people sweat. But I'm pretty sure I would be okay. I don't like I don't like wetness. Okay. I don't like other people sweat. <laughs> Um, so I can't spar because I just I just can't. But I feel like I could at least do it one time, enough to get out of a situation. But the other thing I struggle with is that I'm I'm not your friend in an emergency. If something is happening, I'm immediately freaking out. My brain goes dark. I right. couldn't even begin to tell you. I've been boxing and kickboxing for years now, and I would probably forget everything I've ever learned. Like, I don't know how to really how to be prepared like you know we have concealed carry permits so i carry but you can't carry everywhere right <laughs> you can't carry everywhere and honestly i'm even i'm not even 100 percent sure that if something happened like you said in a restaurant somebody comes in or whatever i'm not even sure that i would be able to think fast enough 
to you'll be like, oh yeah, True. I have my. I just. That's where doing the practice with your husband <sighs> and your kids yeah. comes in handy. Right. When we go sit down in a restaurant, we're watching each other's back, and we do we we do that little game. Where's the nearest? exit where right. are all of the exits what would you do if somebody came in and, and we keep each other thinking about it when you're home at night you lock the door you turn on the alarm just like the kids do fire drills in school they, they're able to remain calm if there's a fire and get everybody out of the building we do the same thing at home what would you do if somebody broke in it's we know funny where that we say that where we keep our firearms we have a plan and every once in a while we'll crawl into bed at night I'll say Kath somebody just came in the door I hear somebody in the basement what do you do she knows where she's going I know where I'm going we know how to get the dogs out of there we know where we're going to hide we know what weapons we're going to use we're prepared if something happens I uh, my hope is that it'll come natural muscle memory yeah you know it will just happen without thinking about it so the the way my house is set up is if you walk in the front door um, you go you know down two steps and there's a there's a bedroom and access to the garage and that kind of stuff you go up the stairs and you're on the main level, which is the living room, living room, office, kitchen, whatever. And then you go up another set of steps to the bedrooms, which is fine. We've got a safe downstairs and we have a safe upstairs in our bedroom. And the way our house is set up is that my kid's bathroom is immediately at the top of the stairs. So I know that if we're upstairs, I get the gun out of the safe and I sit in their bathroom doorway and it's, you know, so if you're getting up that high. You can protect it, but the upstairs. Chris came in the other night. We were all sitting in the living room watching TV. And he was really quiet. And the for I don't know how. The dogs weren't really paying attention. And Caden was like, is that dad? I'm like, yeah, who else, you know, who else would it be? But he was really quiet about it. And I was like, no, it's, you know, just joking with them. Not funny. But I was like, no, you know, somebody's breaking into the house or whatever. And they were like, oh, mom. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, if it was, we would be SOL. Right, because you there react. is no way that I could get up fast enough to get up the stairs. And what am I going to do? Leave my kids and the dogs? Right. And get up fast enough to go upstairs to open the safe, to get the gun out. It, like, right. now we've wasted too much time. And plan. I'm coming back down to you right. probably not being. The other thing, too, with those of, you know, those of you that have guns, I mean, probably a pistol, right? Yeah. Same? Both. Uh, you, you see where I'm going? Probably know where I'm going with We're this. We're prepared. I think the biggest, <laughs> the best thing to have, home action shotgun. Somebody breaks into your house and they hear that. Yeah. They're out of there. Well, it's more tough likely. with you because you have kids in the house and you don't want to have. Oh, we do have both. But you don't want to have, um, you know, armed weapons in the house. Like a lot of people, you keep the gun in the safe, you go to bed. It's not going to do you any good. Right. So when we mm-hmm. go to bed at night, our guns are loaded and right next to the bed so that if something happens, it's seconds to right. grab it. And, you know, again, with kids, it's hard because you don't want to have loaded weapons in the house. When I And I teach kickboxing at um, Retro Fitness. And one of the things that I've been doing in the class is doing hands-on with, with it's usually women. So I'll have a move forward, move back. Guess what? You are trapped against the wall. What are you going to do? And I make them scream, scream, hit, 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 hit. Move forward, move back, and just practice it and practice it. For me, anytime I'm startled, anytime somebody comes up behind me, I automatically get into a defensive stance. I automatically do it because I practice it. So when you're brushing your teeth, cooking dinner, just just start practicing, moving your hands up mm-hmm. and, and getting into that, that stance where you're safe. You're not here, but you're here. 
because if something happens, you can be, you're, you can clench your fist quickly. But practice things like that. We teach a wrist escape and we show you how to do it so that when you're driving in the car, you just practice it. So if something ever happens, it will become automatic to you. Yes, you're gonna freeze. That's just natural. Mm -hmm. right. Unless you are a police officer or military and you do this, you're gonna freeze, maybe a second or two. But once your muscle memory kicks in, hopefully, you'll be able to do what you need to do. If you don't practice and you don't have muscle memory, you, when I got attacked and I had a brother that was 15 months older than me and 15 months younger than me and we fought from the, as soon as we could walk, we were fighting and wrestling. So I knew what to do. And I knew the man was about to attack me. I turned around, which I shouldn't have. He knocked me down and I froze. I did nothing. It seemed like minutes, it was probably seconds. I didn't do anything. And then no. all of a sudden, I heard my brother say in the back of my head, do something stupid, yell, scream, fight. And then I started screaming and fighting. So it took me longer because I was definitely not pre prepared for that. Now, I would instantly know because I practice it and I do it all the time. So even though you're doing kickboxing, maybe take it to the next level. In the class even, maybe when you're doing jab cross, physically picture hitting somebody with those moves or knee strikes. You're going to pull them in. You're going to drive your knee into them and just practice, 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 like everything else. Now, when you teach groups, I mean, can you can you have, like, you know, male and female in the same group? Yes. Okay. We've okay. had, we when we do the groups, a lot of times when the males come, they get so into it that they, um, we, we usually refer people to the method in Forest Hill, mm -hmm. and they'll give them a week of training and hopefully connect into you know a program like that but our age groups you had a 78 year old lady beat your ass real bad one time yeah originally we started out it was geared toward girls going off to college right and mm -hmm. then it was girls and boys going off to college and it was a four-hour course as Kathy said then when we realized people didn't want to spend $80 a person and give up four hours on a Saturday we, w we went to one hour and two hour courses we geared it toward Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. We do training for realtors how to conduct yeah. uh, an open house safely and you know oh, be aware. That's genius. We yeah. um, we go to schools. We've gone to churches. We we had um, a girls softball team getting ready to go off to college. The coaches wanted to do that, uh, you know, to make them aware. We also do them as fundraisers. So. It's, you know, another you way. <laughs> We've had a hard time getting into the school system because we're for-profit. So we can usually get in through PTA and do it as a fundraiser. So it's a good opportunity for, you know, we, we did one for, I don't remember what school it was now, the cheerleading group, the dance team. Mm -hmm. And then we gave money towards them to go on a trip or uniforms or costumes or whatever they needed. So it's a good opportunity to... And, and, and usually the younger people, you'd ask this question earlier, younger people will do it in a group with a group of their friends. What's popular for us right now, though, is five, between five and ten people, private um, workshops will go to your house if you have enough space. And some people do, like, kicks and cupcakes or kicks and cocktails, something fun to put That's a fun little idea. spin on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, in a, and it's a girls' night out where you actually are learning something, and it's fun. People right. have a good time. Punching my husband is a lot of fun. People love to do it. And as the group gets bigger, we bring on more instructors so that, you know, we usually like five to seven people per instructor so there's not a lot of standing around. Now, would you go out and talk to uh, – uh, I'm – what I'm thinking of is the Leo's Club. Leo's Club are 12 to 8, their ages are 12 to 18. 
but they're all young kids, either school-based or community-based. But would you go out and say, talk to a group of them first, and then, I guess, give a demonstration, and then maybe invite the parents and say, look, you could come here and sign up. Because I think once people see it and hear your story, right. I think it makes a big difference, too. Sure. Yeah. We've done that, and Kathy does a bunch of lunch and learns for businesses, you know, like an hour-long explanation, awareness training. Right. It, it really makes you think how we're asleep. You know, the Americans just, everything is so simple. You know, we have technology. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to think about um, how to get to your next destination. You push a couple yeah. buttons in the car. And we're just not aware of what's going on around us all the time. When did that change? I mean, well, there's a there's two, <laughs> there's two ways to look at that. I remember there was a man that lived a couple houses down from me, and I had a conversation with him about kids riding bikes and how I was afraid to let my daughter drive her, ride her bike in the neighborhood because I was afraid something was going to happen to her. And he was a city police officer, and he said, it's no worse than it was. It's got the 24-hour news and social you just media. Know, we hear more about it. Yeah. And right. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Now, I think the mass shootings are worse, but, again, it's publicity. You know, there, it's a lot of it is to get that publicity. But I, I think things have gotten worse, but I think that things have always been bad. We just didn't always but hear about it. But I think the, the training has changed. I mean, like now, you're, I mean, you go out and do the training. You might remember back in school, NRA, we had rifle class. I mean, they, we they would come out and teach that. The, the big thing was the um, the nuclears and all that and bomb shelters. I remember and that, we yes. And we were taught, you know, you hear that siren, how to get under the desk and all that. They didn't start doing this again until, what was it, Columbine or whatever. Right. And they started doing that again Right, we got lax. Yeah, yeah got we lax. did. We got two. It's, but they took a lot of that training stuff out of the schools. Well. You know, too. True, and... And when you think about, I think this is eye-opening for a lot of people right now with what's going on mm -hmm. on the news with Matt Lauer and oh, all these yes. other people. And it's people usually of authority who are taking advantage of people that are below them, needs the job. You're my boss. I have to do this. I don't want to do it, but I need this job. Yeah. And it happens with children, too. And I think that when you teach your child the confidence that if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. And no job is worth that. No. Lowering your standards about yourself and teaching children that know how to say no and mean it. It's game changing. And as a parent or as in a church setting or in a school setting or in a human resource setting, if someone comes to you and says, this happened to me and it didn't make me feel good, you have to respond to it. You don't have to believe it. You have to do your fact-finding. But you have to listen to it. When kids come home from school and they're like, oh, the man that cleans the cafeteria always looks at me funny. You have to do something yeah. about that because it could be it could be something and you don't know. I think one of the things that people get really afraid of is um, making that report about somebody. It's, this could be innocent, but most of the time... Uh, I my degree was in education. The people who conduct those investigations know how to do it in such a way that they can actually get, get to the root of the problem without really raising a lot of alarm, right. as opposed to the media, who's like, oh, 
high school janitor, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you go to the appropriate channels, it tends to work out okay. Right, true. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid, well, I could potentially ruin this person's life. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't say anything, I went to Penn State. Right. If you don't say anything, you could let somebody go for a long time without somebody figuring out that there actually is a problem here. And, and the, the problem with that whole situation, everything was reported correctly until a certain point, and then all of a sudden that that broke down. And so it's one of these things where you've, you've got to be... Everybody has... That education piece is so important. It, and it actually, is. it brings up a, another story from college that, you know, you said fear doesn't always isn't always the best motivator but and I don't think that it is but I I remember one time in college the only program that I remember an RA ever did that actually stuck in my head was um, she said we're going to have an event and you have to come to it and so I did and she you know I came in she handed everybody you know we were having a, a root beer social is what it was and we're sitting around talking and she said is everybody done with the root beer and and we said yes, and she said, can you look at the bottom of your cup? Because if you have an X on the bottom of your cup, that's my signal that I put a roofie, roofie in it. Exactly. Mm. And it was wow. one of those things where, you know, I know, I know my RA, I know she's not going to put a roofie in it. Right. But there, I've never, from that point forward, gotten to a party and not poured my own drink. Right. Um, oh, my gosh. My mom I would have never that, thought about that. My mom beat that into my head but, as from a child. You never let go of your drink. But you let never... me ask you something. Do you ever set your water bottle off to the side of the gym? Uh, because just because it's not a bar setting doesn't mean that you don't set right. your bottle down and walk away. I see it at the gym all the time. Yes. So you're working out. You set it in the corner. You go and you do something else. You come back and you grab it. You don't know that somebody else at the gym is not watching you and put something in your drink. So the circumstance my daughter used to say that if you don't see it poured from the original container and you don't hold on to that cup you don't drink it but the case with natalie holloway the bartender was given money to get the bottle from under the bar that had the cocktail in it the drugs in it yeah, the vandersloo wow yeah. was so, paying them and he'd pick out the women he wanted to drug and the bartender would oblige him so uh, now the theory is if you go out and it's a situation where you're not comfortable with the bartender and the place, order the beer, watch them take the top off. Or take it, say, I'll take it off myself and take your own top off. Because you, don't, you just don't know. It's terrible to think that way, but it happened to her. Can I, can I ask a question? You, we were talking about technology a little bit and how technology has possibly made things a lot worse. And one of the things I wanted to ask from before was... What is your opinion on those apps, like the companion app, where you can, if you're going from point A to point B, you can put in, I'm going to point B, and it will, you know, give an estimated amount of time, and if you don't reach your destination within 10 minutes of that estimated time, it alerts, like, a contact on your phone, or a a trusted contact on your phone. Oh, I've never heard of that either. I thought you were using, like, companions like uh, Tinder, but that's not where we're going. No, no, wrong, wrong. There are, there's a lot of different apps. There's there's an app that you can actually um, put on when you're walking to a place, and that way if something happens, you can hit the app, and it'll automatically send out a location of where you are. Um, We do what's called a buddy system. Which is the buddy system. And so the buddy system is, hey, I'm going to go to the library. I should be back in an hour. If I'm not, can you just shoot me a text? 
and then you're going to set an alarm on your phone because you're not going to remember. You're going to yeah. get busy. You're right. working. So the alarm goes off and you're like, oh, wow, I haven't heard from Kathy. Let me text her real quick. Hey, are you okay? And then I reply back, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I went to the store afterwards. Or I don't reply, but you've already talked to me in advance. Like, what, what, do, we, what do you want me to do if you don't make it home and I don't hear from you? So it's similar to that. The app is good. One thing you have to think about, though, is sometimes when people attack you, they're going to get rid of your phone. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, the app, so when I was dating a girl, I made her put the companion app on her phone, and it was something where when she would start it, it would be able to send, like, minute-by-minute locations where of where is, right. her phone was, and if her phone just stopped, it was like, well, then I know where, where this yeah, happened, at least. Yeah. That's a good app. Um, There's, um, it's funny, they have one now you can do with dogs. When people, you have a dog sitter and they walk your dog, you can tell when they're walking your dog and... Um, but that's a good one. And then I get, we get questioned all the time with, should I call somebody if I'm walking by myself? Oh, God, yes. Right? So I always said to my daughter, oh, so I can listen to you get attacked? Because just because you're on the phone talking to me, like, Mom, I'm walking from my car now. I'm two steps away from the house. Doesn't mean that somebody's not going to grab you. If you want to do that, it does give you a little bit more security, and it also will give you the ability to, I can hang up and call 911 and say, my daughter was here right. and something happened. But don't use the phone. Put it on speaker and walk with your head up. I was going to say, you if you're on the right. phone, that's, you a, look that's distracted. a distraction. Yeah. So you want to appear like your head is up, you're doing your head on a swivel, that's you're right. watching. The Bluetooth device or the Bluetooth. Yep. Yeah. So just be aware if you're doing that. But we get asked that question a lot, too. See, and I think another thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with that, because, I, and I've heard this a lot, especially with cell phones. P, you know, the, the cell phones have the GPS location in it, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of people say, I'll turn it off because otherwise people can track where you're at. Keep it on so people can track where you're at. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you don't call me in an hour, then, yeah, I'm going to be able to, and if I don't have the ability to, then the police can track where you're Even if you don't have your cell phone now, if you know, if we find it to where the last place you were, right. that's more clues. Right. Kathy will go for a walk. She'll say, "I'm going up so and so. I'm going around the park. You know, I'll be back in 45 minutes." She does this walk a lot. I know she's back in 45 minutes. One right. day it's an hour. I'm in my truck. I'm driving around. I find her. She says, "Oh, sorry, ran into one of the neighbors the up there. Way. We were talking. Right. I probably should have called you. You know, but we know where we are, and it's it's a courtesy, but it's also um, security." Yeah. When I go out of town, she does the same thing with her other friends. But, uh, hey, I'm going here. Right. If I'm not back, if but you get in the me, habit. If you ever think about a time where nobody knows where you are, although that sounds wonderful, like, oh, wow, nobody can find me, that's not good. Right. Somebody needs to know where you are at all times. I know that um, Google just introduced something called trusted contacts, yes. and that's something where if a family member or something hasn't heard from you in a certain time, they can send a, a message saying, I think you have 90 seconds from the time that they send it. And if you don't say, like, I'm okay in that 90 seconds, it reports your location, your phone's location, at least, to the police. Right. And um, it's it's supposed to be used, you know, in case, like, an earthquake happens or something like that. But it's... It, hey, just I, one. Yeah. Right. And, and I... But it, it works for this, too. My parents, they have my trusted contact information, and a couple other people do, too. Another question I was going to ask you was, do you guys teach, like, code words? I know that's something that I've... Passwords mm-hmm. for... We usually teach that for the kids. 
if a stranger shows up at the school and says, oh, uh, James, your mom was in an accident or your mom got uh, delayed, she asked me to come pick you up, then the kid should say, what's the password? And if that person doesn't know the password, they should be yelling, screaming, draw attention to That's themselves. a great idea. Yeah. And then also, if you're on the phone with somebody and, you know, I, I had one set up where if the person said something like, I, just No, one, I don't want pizza tonight. That exactly. means there's a problem. Right. right. And then you know, like, okay, what's going on? Um, where are you? That kind of stuff. So right. you put more on alert immediately. Kettle corn. Kettle corn. Yeah, because I know Remember if my King daughter says, episode? no, I don't want pizza, yes. they're like, there's something wrong. <laughs> right. Like the King of Queens episode when they go into the bar and the one of them is being threatened by a uh-huh. guy that knows karate, and he's going, kettle corn, kettle corn. <laughs> you know, that was the code word. So, yeah, you need to have something that's that you can remember, and, uh, and we do teach that also. We do a little scenario when we first start the class because people come in, they see a projector set up, and they go, oh, geez, but it's like going to school or right. something. And we do a little scenario where Kathy comes in with her hood on, her headphones in, looking at her phone, got her backpack on, Oh, like my child travels to school. Like everybody travels. And when she walks by and I snatch her and pull her out of view within a couple of seconds. And then people realize, geez, in in a split second, nobody knew what I looked like. You know, couldn't give a good description. I mean, you have to realize. We were in uh, Deep Creek a couple of years ago. And the Walmart there sits up on a hill. There's nothing around. It's, It's the Walmart in this huge parking lot. Before we even left the store, my husband told them that he was going to do it, and they were still surprised. And he was walking because they tend to straggle, right. and it drives me nuts. I'm on a mission. I got some place right. to go. I don't have time for you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And I feel like I feel like I push the cart like this because I'm constantly watching what they're doing and trying to get, get to where I'm right. going. We so they're about. straggling. So he comes. He walked separate away from. They didn't even have a clue that he wasn't even with us anymore. Came up through cars, pulled Mia, my my daughter, in uh, away from the from the rest of us. She didn't yell. She didn't scream. She didn't have the time. Nothing. It's, it's and a split second. My yeah. son was hysterical. Hysterical. And it's something like that, especially now at the holiday season. You see right. that more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and women, you know, shopping and everything. Well, you're or, distracted. Yeah. And you have things, you know, you have a lot Talking of bags lots. in your hands. And if you go to, and, and we, we coach this a lot, too, that security is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Hospitals, malls, schools have security guards there to keep you secure. Whenever there's an incident at a school or a mall or a church, it's bad publicity. So they don't want the bad publicity. So the security guard would rather you interrupt him and say, hey, I'm not feeling comfortable walking to my car or I, I don't know where my car is. They would rather take the time to help you find right. it or walk you to the car than have something happen where now they've got to write a report and the establishment is under scrutiny. So take advantage of them because that's what they're there for. I'm really bad about my purse. So like I sit my purse in the front of the cart and I go, you know, going down the aisle and whatever. And I'm like, oh, I need right. this behind me. N- 10 times out of 10, I walk away to get this. I mean, not far, right. but it doesn't matter if it's not far. Right. It, to, to pick up the, the, the box of pasta that's down this right. way and my cart's over here. I am terrible. I will There's flat out video. admit that that'll show you people in grocery stores where you're simply reaching 
your card is right there, and somebody else will come by and take the wallet right out of your purse. I so gas time. pumps, another one. Uh, they yeah, they're called in. sliders when yeah. you go to the gas pump. But the thing with the purse is, what do you need in that store? Do you just need the wallet and the money? Right. Because if that's yeah. all you need, take the wallet. Or like I have the thing on my phone, so I put the credit card here, and I just take my wallet and I put it in my pocket. I saw that the other day. My my daughter has one of them. Right. Now, I, I'm just going off subject here, but you pointed that out. And for those listening to the podcast, it's the little pocket thing that goes on the back of your phone. You can put a credit card in. Will that damage your credit card? The what, waves being are next to your phone? Being next to your phone. Well, I've done it for three years now, and I've had not okay. had a Okay, I always tell her it is. It, it happens to me with uh, hotel room keys yeah. when I travel. Yeah, there's something about I'll them sticking them with. I'll get up there, it demagnetizes with, yeah. or yeah. something. Well, you yeah. can get the little cardboard thing to get put in there that... Um, the little RFID uh, sleeve. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's a right. little sleeve. But I've never had a problem. Okay. And again, or you can put, if you have to take the purse in, I don't carry a purse for that reason because it's just it just leads too many people into temptation. Mm-hmm. But if you have to take the purse, either put it in the bottom and put the groceries on top of it so it's not easy for somebody to get to or take the child seat belt and buckle your purse to it so if somebody tries to grab the purse it's stuck to the cart again i just don't carry a purse no you're right i don't need a purse if i'm going into the store and a lot of times i do just carry my wallet because i can i put it under my arm and do whatever i need to do but yeah i guess that's too easy to snatch too well, you got well no, I mean, once I, well, yeah. and if I, if that right would be convenient, if I'm more, my sweatshirt all the time, mm-hmm. that's for sure, but. I, am I, I the only one better. who, like, if somebody took Doesn't my wallet right now, well, I don't <laughs> carry a purse, <laughs> but if somebody took my wallet right now, I have uh, all my apps on my phone where I would just lock the credit cards. I don't carry that much cash. I, the only thing I would really need replaced would be my driver's license. What would um, you do if somebody just stole your phone? I would lock it. I would it. be S O L capital letters Most lots of, of exclamation points. Oh, I have the ability points. to lock it remotely We're and erase it remotely. As technology advanced, technologically See, advanced, I guess so. Well, this is one of those situations where, just like your daughter with Snapchat, like there's not really ever been a time when I haven't considered having the ability to lock my phone remotely. Like it's just kind of ingrained in me. It's like uh, that's the very first thing I do when I set up a phone is I set up permissions to say. I, I can get on Android Android Device Manager and lock it, and I have my password on it. But I can change the password remotely. I can remove fingerprint settings if I. The only problem that I have is if like somebody really, 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 really wants to get me, they can cut my finger off, and, and then they can right. take my phone, and then I might have trouble typing with that finger to get to the website. <laughs> but uh, if you take a streetwise class, we'll teach you how to keep all your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Now, not to get in a position you, where you're going to lose one. I have a friend who taught a couple of my friends um, self-defense, and I was the dummy. So I, I right. feel uh, I feel your pain, literally. Yeah, a bit that. of advice. Another thing, too, after you take their class or nobody will take your fingers, instead of using your fingerprint to get, use your phone, use your big toe or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll kind of silly in places. Throw them a curve, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's another thing that's coming and I'm, with your credit card thing. I Most of the time now, I use my phone to pay. Yeah. Um, right. So, I can't figure out how to do that. I know what happens if I, if I hit the thing the twice in a weird way or something like the card I, don't will pop know, up. I don't even honestly know what I do to make it happen. It happens <laughs> when I don't want it to happen. Gotcha. So well, I wouldn't be. I'm not smart enough for that. 
That's another thing, too, with the credit cards. You know, how many times do you go to a restaurant or whatever, and they bring you the thing, and you put your credit card in there, you know, you hand it to them, they take it away. It's very easy for them to get your information. Right. We, yeah. you know, and where you live and all that. We've run into that. I, I had a Wells Fargo credit card that was hacked three times in about nine months. Wow. And I keep saying, how are they getting my information? I kept calling Wells Fargo. I have a, a password on there. They won't even talk to me unless I give them the password. How is my information getting out? How is it that you can't keep it secure? And then I thought about it. And I said, I take clients out for lunch every day. I hand a credit card. The lady goes in the back. What's to keep her from taking her phone exactly. out? Taking a picture of the front and back of the card. I've had uh, the banks call me and say, um, did you charge a laptop I see you've been traveling you're in Indiana and somebody just tried to charge a laptop in Georgia I just want to make sure it's yours before we put the order through they're using your credit card yeah. and I'm going how is this happening you know so well, that's that's one of the great things about contactless payment with using things like Apple pay or Android pay is what it does is there's a chip inside your phone that doesn't report back to Apple or Google or anything like that and it creates a fake uh, transaction number just for that transaction. So it doesn't give your actual credit card number out. It creates a fake one, and then that gets reported to your credit card company, whether it's MasterCard or Citibank or whatever, and they can see that transaction number at that time was linked to this credit card, oh, but the, the store doesn't even get the real credit card number. So even if something like what happened at Target a few years back even if they get all the credit card numbers that have ever gone through Target's processing, if you use Android Pay or Apple Pay, that number that they have is your is virtual yours, number. It's right. not your number. So it works, and it, and it only works for that instant in time. It changes every millisecond or something like that. So. I still go to restaurants, but when I hand my card, I watch them. I try to sit where they're, they're, I see all the, they're all checking out right here. So I'm sitting over here when I hand somebody my card I got my eye on them until they come back because uh, you know it's happened to me so many times I, I don't even matter of fact I had a new client yesterday and I'm on the phone with him and he wanted to pay over the phone I said no I said I'll send you the invoice I said you can pay online I said I don't like to give my credit card information over the phone and I'm not going to take somebody's credit card information over the phone I said I, I just don't like to he says wow Rich, I never thought of that. I appreciate that, though. But I wouldn't do that. Uh, I just got a call the other day, and it wasn't from my credit card company. It was from Xfinity, from Comcast, which kind of threw me off because, you know, they have the Xfinity uh, cell phones now. Somebody had was getting, under my account, charging two uh, cell phones. And they contacted me. They said, well, we want to know why you're getting two cell phones in the service out of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. But for them to contact me, usually, yeah, credit card companies usually. But for I had AT&T call me. Same thing. Yeah. Somebody's trying to open an account. Another thing you can do nowadays um, with apps on your phone is, like I know with my the credit card that I primarily use, I, the app has a, a way that you can use your fingerprint to log into the app and then lock or unlock the credit card. And so you can keep it locked at all times unless you're about unless to make a payment. That's pretty neat. And then you can unlock it, make the payment, then lock it up again. And so if somebody does have your credit card number, um, they can't use it unless it's unlocked. So unless they do it in that 
window of time that you have it unlocked, they can't do it. And it's funny because, you know, I don't use all of these things all the time. Primarily, my credit cards have been very good. And like one time I remember I accidentally put my, my card had just been replaced and I used the old CCV number um, instead of the current one. And it was for something online that I bought. It was $3 and 61 cents. And I got a call from city card saying, did you just try to charge a $3 and 61? <laughs> I was like, really? You're going to call for $3 and 61 cents. It's good that they did that. But, yeah. But, yeah. uh, so I think it's pretty secure, but it, you know, part of me is sad that, you know, I, part of me is sad that we have to think this way. Part of right. me is sad that we have to think about defending ourselves. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm just, you know, that's to the extent that we have to. Well, there Magic was, is, I remember a movie, and it was about the human race that no one could lie. You just could not lie. Oh, the invention of lying. As, yeah, so there was no crime. There was no adultery. There was nothing. Because if I said to you, did you take my credit card? A you said yes. World. Right. You So, you know, you kind of think about that. It's, it is. It's a shame that you have to walk around feeling insecure and worry about your credit card and Christmas shopping and but it, it is what it is you just do the best that you can but and the thing is too it, it's it's always been that way we're just seeing it more right. hearing about it more and again you're more aware and that's what we're trying yeah. to right we're trying to do is make people aware and, and the thing is you got too many people that again they just say oh it ain't gonna happen to me it ain't gonna happen to me well guess what Yes, it can happen to you. Yeah, I, I think the it can other, happen to anybody. With this kind of stuff, I think that anonymity is key because there are so many. I think what we're seeing is an uptick of people stealing credit card numbers because you may not know that person personally or mm-hmm. something. You may be right. able to get away from the situation. Um, what we're and this is one of the things that frustrates me about all these these powerful celebrity men that we're seeing get exposed, the reason that they're being exposed is because they're famous, their anonymity is gone, people know who they are and people care. Right. But there are so many women that I know who have been abused. Oh, absolutely. And they don't feel that they can make much headway because, well, that person's not famous. (laughs) Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care or believe me or listen to me. And even though a lot of people will, it's, it's... still one of the it's a confidence issue it's uh, and i think you just hit it right on the key there too a lot of people won't believe me and i think a lot of it could a lot of that may be because of some false reports that were filed and right. you know it made it big into the media and then they can find out that it was a false report and sometimes people are scared to come out and say something well you need to well you know, and that if, goes either way too mm-hmm. because yeah. You can say you can accuse somebody of something that didn't happen, and then you ruin that person's. That's why what I exactly. said earlier. You go to the appropriate people who right. know how to do those investigations. Right. Yeah. You should never be afraid to right. say something's not sitting right with me. This might not be anything. I want to say this, and then can you and look then, into it? Right. There's an art to to that. My brother was a um, retired retired Capitol police officer, and he said. He could go into a room with a kid that was accusing someone of something. And he said, I knew how to ask the questions to get the truth. He said, but I could have asked the questions completely different and got completely different answers. So there's an art to do that. And you have to think about who's the person that's seeking the information. Are they going to 
want to cover up something for Penn State, so they're going to ask questions in a different direction. Or the school, oh, I've got to protect my school's reputation, so I'm going to make it look like the child's not being truthful. I always tell parents, when you go to check out a college for your kids, ask that question. What is the crime rate like here? What is the sexual harassment and sexual assault rate like here? And when they say, oh, well, hold on, I'll give you all the information. This is what happened. This is what was reported. Then you know that that school has a good system in place. And right. the, the students are comfortable, the teachers are comfortable reporting things. If you go to a school that said, we just really don't have any problems. They yeah, either okay. are lying and there are problems, or there's not a good system in place for people to report the problems. Yeah. And that was one of the things that frustrated me about Penn State, because the people who got crucified in the press were the ones who did the right thing. They right. actually made the reports. The ones who ended up dropping the ball were the ones who, oh, I'm not sure what we've got here. I'm not sure what's going on. We'll see what happens. And, and the thing that We'll made, talk to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing that made me most frustrated about that, however, was that with the same thing that's going on with, with some of the things in the press right now, I can't believe those people over there did that. That's disgusting. That would never happen here because what's happening is you're just not seeing what's going right. on right around you. Uh, you know, the, the sex offender registry is full in every community that I've ever been in. Sure. And, and it's just one of these things where people... They just but then you have know. the opposite of that, where you've got people that, and I have children, so total devil's advocate right now, but then you have the people that do live in our communities that are on the sex offender registry for whatever reason. For however, spanking their kids because they did something wrong. For however many years ago it <laughs> happened, sure. they you know did their time or they didn't, and it was a you know what whatever it may be, and then you have the whole the whole community is right. in total oh. upheaval. It, it's just it there's. You well, can't and, win, and, and it's drastic. It's always one yeah. opposite right. end of the, the spectrum to the other. There's no middle ground, understanding, you know, none of... Well, see, I'm, I'm in the forgiveness and redemption business. I you mean, are. We, we have you somebody are. in our church who's on you the sex are offender not registry. The and, majority. And, and probably deserves to be on the sex offender registry. But what has happened is we know that. I mean, he came forward with that. He was very public and said to the entire church, this is what happened. And I, it was a mistake and I'll never do it again. And we have set in motion protections because we've said, you know, if somebody comes up and asks me about that and says, how, how do you let this guy still be in your church? My answer is where else is he going to go to church? Right. Like mm -hmm. we and know church him. is a good thing for him. Exactly. Right. So we yeah. know him and we say, listen, he's not allowed to go here. He's not allowed to come to events that are predominantly child-based. He can't be, he has to be escorted through, you know, all, he has to be accompanied and he knows this and he accepts this. And it's, it's something where, you know, I, I don't in any way, shape or form, you know, want to be in a position where I tell him, we don't trust you, but it's, it's one of these things. This is the consequence of things that have already happened. But that doesn't mean you're not welcome here, that you're not part of us, you're not different than us. I've sinned, you've sinned, we've made mistakes. Unfortunately, yours are more public than mine, but that doesn't mean that you don't get to be a part of this community anymore. And, right. and I think that's what really, uh, I, I liked what you guys said earlier about, you know, I don't consider myself paranoid, I just consider myself alert. And I think if everybody is alert and we understand what's going on, we understand that sometimes people get in situations where they make mistakes. We understand that sometimes things 
get interpreted in a way that, oh, that was an unfortunate interpretation of events. Let's work back. And, and just what you said, let's have that conversation. Let's have some of that understanding and that middle ground. Uh, you know, I deal with people through the homeless shelter all the time. Mm-hmm. There are people in the homeless shelter who are on the sex offender registry. And we have people who are like, well, can the Girl Scouts come and, and volunteer? Yes, absolutely they can volunteer. We know that where the Girl Scouts are going to be at all time, they're going to be in this room. And this guy may also be in this room, but we also are watching that guy. But he shouldn't have to go somewhere else. They should not be allowed to come because of a mistake that was made 20 years ago. We're just going to be more alert at that time. And and there's not a time when people are in the shelter where we're saying, oh, let's just forget about it. Everybody's always alert. We know what's at stake. We know what's going on. If, if something happens in my church building... It could happen at another church building. This whole shelter thing could crumble down in a second. So you've got to, you know, we've got to make sure that we're doing our due diligence to make sure that everybody's safe, everybody's alert, and and everybody knows that. And and most of the time, people are fine with it. You realize how unaware people are. I mean, when I said I didn't realize there were that many homeless people in Harford County, just don't even think about it sometimes. Kathy and I used to coach uh, girls softball in Haverty Grace. And the sheriff's department would come in, and all the coaches, of course, had to go through a background check, but then you also had to take a class. And they brought out picture photos, write-ups about everybody in Hartford County who's on the sex offender registry to make you aware if you see any of these people hanging around, let somebody know. Um, and you start looking around, and, you know, we had lived in Haverty Grace for 10 or 12 years, and we'd seen some of these people before, but I didn't realize there was 150 people or a hundred people, mm-hmm. however many it was, just in Haverty Grace, you know. So it's about awareness. You got to know what's going on around you, and, and you know what your uh, community is like. And we are not just teaching self-defense. You can go anywhere and take self-defense classes. We are teaching awareness. We're trying to make people understand what's going on around them, so that they can avoid bad situations. We do teach some very high percentage self-defense things that will get you out of the jam should it become necessary but then we also refer people to friends of ours locally that have um, martial arts too. MMA gyms and studios where we can encourage them to get some more training so see I think that's key too is the awareness because you can you can be a three degree black belt or whatever but if you're not aware of what's right. going on around you it's not going to help you and too many people aren't aware I mean look Look how many people are just walking down the street with their heads buried in their cell phones right. or even in their cars, unfortunately, exactly. nowadays. And they have no idea. What, I mean, we talked about this on the one podcast. Number one form of accidents, distracted driving from people with their cell phones. Well, yeah, because you don't know what's going on around you. And, well, and that's key, the, the awareness. We, uh, <clears throat> we watch people cross the street sitting at a traffic light. Looking at their phone, the light changes, and they're still fooling with their yeah. phone. We watched a guy walking into uh, one of the local restaurants not too long ago, and he was a big, heavy man, uh, playing with his phone, st- stepped over the curb, tripped. I mean, he, he uh, hurt himself pretty bad falling on the sidewalk outside just because he wasn't paying attention. And you realize, you know, if I was a criminal in the, in the community, there's so many things I yeah. could get away. I could go in the grocery store. I see all the time what Sarah was talking about. Women set their wallet right there. They're digging for coupons. They turn around. Uh, all their cash is right there. I mean, we, we just don't 
think about what's going and on. And don't think that it doesn't happen at all of the local grocery stores. But again, public relations keeps it quiet so we don't yeah. hear about it. So you uh-huh. assume, oh, I don't think there's ever been a problem in this store. Just because you haven't heard about it doesn't mean that there hasn't been situations. You just haven't heard about it. The Walmart you were talking about, there's a video on YouTube that we always discuss in our training also. Um, a woman walked out of the Walmart pushing her cart. She walked right up to the front. You got the yellow pylons there. Mm-hmm. She was doing something on her phone, not paying attention. And a man who may or may not have been stalking her drove around the parking lot. He pulled up right in front of her as if he was going to Help pop her. the trunk, unload groceries. And he grabbed her, put her in the trunk, and drove off. And everybody stood there with their mouths hanging open for like three or four seconds. Had no idea what to do. Nobody got a license plate number. Uh, nobody got a description of the guy. And just that quick, that happens. You, you just have to be aware. And that's the other thing, too. You, you know, people around, if they see something happening, speak up. You know, but again, to, most people are not paying attention. Well, true. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's and look how many people if they do see it don't help. Yeah. I, I'll never forget. Well, it was a Seinfeld, the Good Samaritan law. Remember? Right. I think it was the last episode, same last episode. So it, unfortunately, and I can only speak for myself, but you know, my mother's always worked in, in the community, right? And so she's always paying attention to stories, things that are happening, different ways that people are using to get you alone or away from a a crowd of people or whatever it may be and she's you know her whole thing is is it's really unfortunate but at this point like you know there's an old woman sitting in the front of the front of the the, car that that's parked next to you and she's asking for help well she's asking for help and then you're going to try and help her and then something's going to happen where somebody's going to come from somewhere else right and then you're you know it's so it's like we're almost right it's called baiting and it's right. very and common we're, now. They're in that in that society where it's like you can't you, help people. You want to stop and help because that's your natural instinct is to stop and help, but you cannot. It's called baiting. It's pretty common right now. They'll use little kids to, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say something like, hey, I'm playing a joke on my friend. I want you to knock on the door. And when he opens the door, I want you to run as fast as you can because I'm going to scare him. And the kid doesn't know, so he knocks on the door. You look out the door, you go, oh, my God, there's a little kid on the floor. You open the door, boom. Home invasion. Home invasion. Um, They were doing something in the summer where they were leaving a car seat on the side of the road and had a baby in it, a fake-looking baby. But people would pull over and jump out like, right, because she's going to leave a baby. And it would usually be in a wooded area, and then people would be hiding in the woods, and they would uh, take your car. So... The, the best advice that I can give, and it's really hard to do, and I've had to do it only because I knew better, is indicate I'm getting help and keep going if it's in your car or somebody's pounding on your door that you don't know. I'm getting help. I'm calling 911. If it's at your house and somebody's beating on the door, ask a neighbor if you have a neighbor, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Can you see the outside of my house or can you come out as well? Um, if it's a car situation, you slow down, you crack the window, I'm getting help for you, and just keep going and get help. Don't get out of your car. If you think that there's a baby on the side of the road, um, call the police, say it's mile marker, whatever. Right. It's weird. I just saw a baby. I saw puppies. I saw something. I'm not sure. But don't get out. It's hard. It's yeah, very it hard. hard. But My house has um, cameras all over the place. So the doorbell... 
the doorbell has a camera and the light has a camera and there's a camera in the back. We've never had anything like serious, no, nothing violent or anything. Um, people walk through the the neighborhood and like pull door handles. If the car door is open, they're, they're taking your stuff. change. Stuff, if they're right? not, if it's not, they're not. Right. But we had, uh, we're, we're crazy with our kids about not answering the door. Don't answer the door, don't answer the door, don't answer the door. So kid, fr friend comes to the door. I open up the app. I can see that it's the friend. There's nobody else there. Okay. Hey, your friend's at the door. I'm right there. Friend's at the door. Go tell them you are or you aren't going to come out to play. Go out. Talk to the friend. Door's open the whole time. Closes the door. Somebody knocked on the door. I, I, I think I assumed, or he, my son, it was my son that did it, assumed it was the friend again. Before I could say, don't open the door, he opens the door. So there's a man standing there that I can't really see his head because of mm -hmm. the way that the front door is and where I was standing and couldn't really see his head and I said who is that and he's like I don't know mom hold on a second steps out and closes the door behind him lost my mind like right. a psycho right like a psycho and I thought I was going to harm him and so you know run downstairs open the door pull him in and slam the door come to find out later that night it was one of the neighbors and they were trying to find something uh, somebody had broken into their car and they were trying to talk to people that had cameras around their homes to see if this they, this person uh, had been there or whatever which is fine but here's the thing while I'm screaming at my kid right that you're gone I'm never gonna see you again like right. let, let's talk about the severity of this they you you walked out on the front porch and closed the door you're gone because I asked your sister who's sitting next to the window hey what did that guy look like oh I don't know he was tall and he was black and yeah I mean yeah he had like a jacket on maybe or maybe it was just a shirt I don't know what kind of car was he driving I don't, I don't know, know. Right. awesome yeah. Yeah. you're gone <laughs> mm -hmm. we got to wrap it up almost two hours now yes well oh, very good <laughs> what how can people get a hold of you uh, so you can go to the Streetwise website or on Facebook, like us on Facebook, Streetwise LLC, and um, you can connect with us if you want to set up a private workshop. Uh, five, uh, five, we need five people or more. It's uh, $150 for five people and then $25 for each additional person. And if you get a larger group together or you want to do a fundraiser, let me know and we can work out a price for a fundraiser too. All right, and again, in the notes, we'll have both your webs, all three websites um, linked up to there. So. The website is uh, www.rustreetwise.com. The letter That's R the and the letter U. Okay. Streetwise with an E on the end. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a theme. Well, I want to thank you all for coming. And again, if uh, you want to be a guest on the Hartford County Living Podcast, just reach out to us. It's free to come on. Uh, email podcast at harfordcountyliving.com. Or you can call me at 443-982-0250. And uh, we may be taking a break over the winter time uh, since they're going to be doing some construction on the building. Uh, unless everything goes right and we get a, another place, which hopefully that place will be permanent. So we'll see. So I want to thank you all again. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. And if we're not back for the holidays, everybody have a great holiday. Same to you. Thanks. Hope you can have us all back. Oh, we will. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you.